this morning i wanted us to look at matthew 13 uh, from 24 onwards onwards this is the passage regarding the wheat and the tares uh, the tares among wheat that is the heading right about 24 verse 24 i'll read this uh, to us jesus presented another parable to them saying the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field but while his men were sleeping his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went away uh, so when the wheat uh, uh, so when the wheat sprouted and bore grain then the tares became evident also Uh, the slaves of the land owner came and said to him sir did you not sow good seed in your field how then does it have tares and he said to them an enemy has done this the slaves said to him do you want us then to go and gather them up but he said no for while you are gathering up the tares you may uproot the wheat with them allow both to grow together until the harvest and in the time of the harvest i will say to the reapers first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up but gather the wheat into my barn this is a very important parable for us to understand the times that we are living in the season that we are living in is uh, this this parable is a very good imagery of uh, what we are seeing and the crisis uh, that we are living through is uh, very um, similar to the crisis that's it's the same crisis in fact see god's crisis has always been who are mine who are my sons and daughters see in in the beginning of uh, of humanity when god created adam and eve the crisis began the enemy began found his way into the garden and began the corruption so here is god trying to multiply his sons and daughters and here is enemy getting in into that whole experiment uh it is all uh, god's work and that's what we see here and now so god is saying i'm going to now from this world from from this uh from this field i'm going to raise my sons and daughters that i can take to be with me in heaven in paradise uh, you know i'm going to create uh, you know i'm creating a new place a new heaven and a new earth for which i'm seeking sons and daughters and the enemy very shrewdly is is perpetuating what he has been perpetuating not on his own not on his own ground but right there in this field 
in God's, among God's plantation, among God's seeds. That's where he comes and uh, throws his uh, seeds. And uh, that's what we are seeing. So how do we live a life in this context? The first thing that we need to remember is that God's purpose in this, to understand this, is multiplication. God wants to multiply. God wants as many as possible of his sons and daughters. And the enemy's goal is to destroy that. It's the very opposite of that. Deprive God of sons and daughters. So, because you and I bear the image of God, we are created in the image of God, we become the enemy of Satan. We are Satan's number one enemy. Because we bear God's image. On that point, on that score, we are targets. We are targeted individually, collectively, all times, all seasons of our lives, when we are down, we are targeted. When we are up, we are targeted. When we are near, we are targeted. When we are far, we are targeted. For the simple reason, he wants us sapped. Our energy sapped. Our life distracted. And in the end, our life to be fruitless, unfruitful, without grains, without fruit. So that the harvesters will confuse us to be tares. Because when the harvester that God sends come, they look for the darnel, which is the tares, which won't have fruit. And the goal of the enemy is to make us unfruitful. Don't just think that it is our busyness and our wandering that is bringing unfruitfulness. It is also the purpose of the enemy to cause unfruitfulness in our lives. And the second purpose of God is separation. Maybe that's the first you know, preference of God. The first purpose of God in all of this separation. I would say that is the first. Then the multiplication. So separation of his sons and the sons of the enemy. Because God's one wants to his sons to multiply his his seed to multiply so he can have he can fill he can fill the mansion he can fill the kingdom so in this context and and the enemy goal of the enemy is also not only multiplication of his is also to sneak in sneak into the kingdom of god his sons. We just think of that. That is the goal of the enemy. Is to sneak in the his. Those who resemble him. Into the. In, into heaven. So that whole plan. The master plan. The huge. Uh, design. The whole endeavor. Would go. Not would come to nothing if there are sons of the enemy who are able to sneak into the into 
you know, into God's kingdom. So that's his big goal is to somehow sneak a darnel, a tear along with the wheat so that they could also take toehold and a foothold there and begin to grow there and destroy God's dream of this place uh, where there is no sin. And the third goal of, uh, I've already said that the third goal of the enemy is our destruction. So in this context, what, what do I do? What do we do? Those of us who believe God, God's put a seal on us. The number one thing to remember is that the tares are not our business. So often we can get disturbed by the tares and begin to be distracted by the tares and, be, and let the tares sap our energy. They are planted right next to us to sap your energy and my energy. Your compassion, your mercy, your goodness, your desire for holiness, your desire for the things of God, all of those can be sapped if we let the enemy to do what he wants to do through his agents around us. So our singular focus needs to be the fruits. It cannot be the enemy. It cannot be the, the, the tares. It cannot be the darnel around us. If we try to point out to the world, to God, to his angels, these are the tares, here's the tear, there's the tear. That's so much less fruit in our lives. What I'm saying is judgment, judging others, drains our spiritual vitality. What are the things that drain us? Think through that. Ponder over that. What are the things that drain your spiritual, uh, you know, growth, your fervor, your vitality? The urgency that you have for taking the gospel. What are the things, all the things that sap us? Talking about some pastor who failed. Talking about somebody uh, who ended wrong. Somebody who failed in the financial matters. Somebody who failed in, uh, in some other matter. Talking about things that don't count for my fruitfulness. These are all enemy strategies to distract you and me. To disturb our singular pursuit of fruitful life. When the angels come, what are they looking for at the end of time? Are they looking for the most flourishing plant? Are they looking for the most flourishing plant? No, they're not. If they're looking for the most flourishing plant, it'll be the tares. <laughs> they have no fruits. They're flourishing. So my friend, flourishing is not by itself the, the, the identity of the son, daughter of God. If flourishing was the identity, that's where the enemy is going to fail. These stairs are going to be so, so flourishing. That's where they're going to fail. They think flourishing is it. No, it's fruit. It's grains. 
when you see wheat ready for harvest, it's not standing straight. It's bent over. It's leaning. It's leaning to the side because its fruit is so much, its grain is so much, it can't stand flourishing straight. It is bent over, carrying, tired. That is, that is, the, that is the sign, the symbol of, um, you know, of a child of God. Overworked, burdened, bearing, caring, carrying on, continuing to care in hard seasons and hard days. Standing erect, flourishing, green, not leaning to the left or right. That is not the uh, imagery of a fruitful one. The angels of God will come for those first. So, um, we have no business with the tares. God did not even permit the angels. Angels wanted to come and set things right. Say, you know, say, we'll go and, you know, remove. No, you will damage the, the righteous one. And the enemy is going to ask me, you're just God. How can you take the righteous with the, you know, unrighteous? He, you know, you, you know, that's always been his strategy. So, uh, we have no business with the test. Don't let the enemy sap your energy. Distract you, sap your energy. Focus. Focus on fruits. That alone determines our sonship. That we bear, we truly bear the image of God. One of the signs, we see that message here. God calls uh, those with swords and uh, then there is a guy, a marker. He goes and marks people. God gives them the freedom to go through the city and say, put a mark on the forehead of men and women who are grieving, sighing over what's happening in the city. And he says to the those who are following him, do not lay a finger on them. Don't touch them. So, in the end times, God is looking for men and women who are grieving over what's happening in the city. I believe that's also a call of us. That's also a sign. Why? Because God is grieving. God is grieving. God is sighing. God is worried about where this is all headed. How much evil is pervading. In the midst of this crisis, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of all this pandemic, there is evil pervading also. There are men who are getting harder and hard. Yes, there is one group amongst us. Many in our family circle, friend circle, are believers who know God, who are drawing closer to God. Don't for a mistake assume the world is getting softer, Kinder, gentler, just because 
your circle and our circle is becoming more fearful of God, worried about their own eternity with God or without God. The world is not headed there. The world is thinking, the average world is thinking, how can I be, be smarter than everybody else and grab what, what remains? Completely going the other way. Don't for a moment be fooled that the world has become a kinder place, that the market has become a much more compassionate place. It has not. It has become much more brutal if you, if you really want to hear that. It is those who are called who are turning to God. Called, chosen and faithful. That is our call, my friends. In the midst of this pandemic, how does this apply to us? I mean, I'm not done. I've just opened, opened the can for you. There is so much here. What are the things that energize me? What are the things that sap me? Clear those. Clearly write those. Stay away from those things that sap. Go towards those things. Draw nearer to the word of God. Prayer. Worship. Alone, not just worshipping with Hillsong videos. Worshipping us alone, singing alone, reading the word of God, meditating, encouraging, being encouraged by testimonies, sharing of testimonies, what's God's done. These are the things that energizes. Then we have fruit. Then we can redeem so many around us. Some great opportunity to speak the message of hope. In a season where hopelessness is the norm all around the world, whether it is high, middle or low, whatever the societal bracket we enter into, hopelessness. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. I mean, the last two, three months, I've shared with a number of people the gospel. Not one of them, not one of them have walked away. Not one of them said, I don't need this. You know, you take it. I have my way. I have my hope. I have my God. Not one of them, my friend. More than 40. More than 40 to 50. Almost 50 people. I've shared the gospel in the last two months. Not one. One, one was not happy. I can see it in his face. But the rest were happy. Most of them removed their chapels, sandals, shoes, and, and received the gospel from them. I'm saying this before God. I'm not just, you know, you know, just saying to say anything. The time is right. The time is right. Time to pray for a city, pray for a country, pray for the world is now. Time to be loudest with a message of hope is now. Let's be fruitful. Heaven is looking for one thing. Multiplication. God is a multiplier. God bears fruit all the time. Calling forth. Wherever there are endings, he calls forth beginnings. He is a God who recreates again and again and again. Begins again and again and again. Everywhere. All over the world. Every life. All over. All the time. He's looking for that in us. Great opportunity to encourage people. People are discouraged everywhere. You can be the one that encourages in that office, in that floor, in that house, wherever you are. So 
just want to challenge you. The signs of, of a child of God is nothing but fruitful lives, grains that topple the balance, that don't give us balance at all. You know, they're leaning to the side. May God find us that way without standing tall and lean and mean. <laughs> None of that, my friends. Overburdened, weighed with the crisis around us, crying for those around us, sighing for those around us, and bearing the fruits, bearing the grains that only He calls forth. May we be available. May God call forth a mighty harvest through each of us in our places where He's planted us. Father God, thank you for this morning. You're reminding us again about the seasons and that your crisis is the enemy trying to disturb your plan. Your plot has been flooded with a false. And Father, help us to not be worried about the tears, but to focus on our fruits and our grains. Find us faithful, find us fruitful, find us imitating you, Lord. Saints gone before us have shown that to us. Simple people, humble people in our own churches, every congregation around the world has those humble, simple types who never climb pulpits, but very fruitful lives, who never were big evangelists or never preached but fruitful lives. Help us to imitate such ones for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen.